Hello and welcome to Season of the Bitch, the podcast that always passes the Bechdel test because there's no men. Hell yeah. (laughs) Today we have Zoe, Laura, and Kellen. We're going to be talking about Gilmore Girls. Yes. Uh and some more general representation stuff with the hosts of the Bechdel cast, Jamie Loftus and Caitlin Durante. Hello. Yes, welcome. welcome. We're here. We're so excited. <laughs> We're like pretty much obsessed with y'all, so this is like a freaking dream crossover situation. Really? <laughs> yeah, if anyone doesn't listen, the Bechdel cast is definitely the podcast I listen to most, like besides my own. Um, <laughs> but... Like, I feel like I've learned more uh, and, like, become better at analyzing films from your podcast than I did from all of the money I spent going to art school. Um, <laughs> and it's also, like, super funny. I, it's, yeah, it's very enjoyable for anyone who has not listened to it. Um, and, yeah, we've been wanting to do a Gilmore Girls episode for a while, so we're excited to have some expert feminist analyzers in the room. Wow, here we are. Yeah. The experts. <laughs> uh, just kidding, I'm a dumbass. But... No, uh-uh, none of that. So thank you Jamie for is, playing with me. Yeah, Jamie's at Mensa. I just have a master's degree, so like... I'm a Mensa member, so... Fuck yeah. <laughs> Mensa's sweet. Um, really happy for you. Thank you so much. You're welcome, you're welcome. <laughs> Um, before we get into Gilmore Girls, I have something, Kellen and I have something really important that we wanted to bring up with you guys. Um, and it is related to Gilmore Girls, but more so related to Gilmore Guys, the podcast. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, Fans. Yeah. Kellen and I both have a pretty big crush on Demi. We're aware Jamie's mom, sorry, Jamie's mom shares this crush. Yeah. Um, so... I know you've both been on Punch Up the Jam, but I was listening to that Caitlin was on this week, and I was like, Demi's podcast and my podcast have the same guest this week. It's I true. mean, it's fate. I think <laughs> that was a big deal for Zoe. It, yeah. She texted um, me about it. It was a really big deal. The episode. <laughs> That's true. Oh, I did. I was like, oh, yeah. Called out. That's actually true. <laughs> and then you listened to it, and then you texted me about how it was fate. So, called out. Accurate. Not to brag, but um, I went to a bar in my neighborhood in Los Angeles the other day. I mean, that's the whole brag. I mean, that's the incredible. whole story. Oh, nice. Congratulations. <laughs> I, I was there with a couple friends, and uh, who walks in but oh. Demi? Because he does karaoke wow. night there? It wasn't even on karaoke night. It was oh, on wow. trivia night. Wow. Oh, shit. So he walks in, and... I was just like, Demi, when are we going to go roller skating? Because we talked about going roller skating. <laughs> wow. Wow. We're I'll not passing the doctor test. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fuck. Yeah, um, Caitlin, um, you're kind of obsessed with guys right My now. bad. I'm so boy crazy. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway, so I put in a good word uh, no, thank for you, you next time yeah. I see Demi. Yes. Yeah, the first yeah. thing we wanted to talk about with the Bechdel cast was our crush on a man. A um, yeah. Just getting it out of the way. <laughs> yeah, now we can never talk about men again. Perfect. Perfect. Fine by me. Except for Jess. Oh, right. So Gilmore yeah. Girls. Yeah. 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 <sighs> so we're thinking of starting, similar to how you guys usually start by 
going over our own like history experience with Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know we have some varying degrees of fandom, including you guys being Gilmore trivia champions, um, as we learned yeah. this week. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, Kellen, did you want to start because you want to go back to your party? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so for the listeners, not privy to our conversation before we began recording, um, I am at an extremely fancy bridal shower right now. Um, again, not to brag, but I have one rich friend. And um, they, I guess, are now serving brunch. And I am, like, literally locked in a bathroom with the lights off um, downstairs in this person's um, extremely, again, (laughs) extremely fancy apartment um, or house, I guess. And so I'm going to say my piece and then I'm going to hop off the call, unfortunately. My piece is I watched, I've watched all of Gilmore Girls. Um, It got me through a dark part of my life known as the first year of grad school. (laughs) And I wanted so badly to like Rory and she is the whiniest person on the face of the planet is, is my opinion. Um, She has terrible taste in men, except for Jess who got better, but as an adult when she didn't like him. Um, Logan is a piece of trash and is an example of why <laughs> class warfare is absolutely necessary. Yeah. Um, also, like, I've been to Connecticut. I know that there are black people in Connecticut. So oh, it is really white. Where are they is really my question. Yeah. I, honestly, is this a get out situation? Um, it does seem like get out, but like operating as if it is not a horror movie. They're right. Like, Exactly. It's actually a sitcom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. And why is Luke always wearing a hat? You oh, know? Like he's bald. It, it... <laughs> yeah, he's bald. Oh wait, no, that's a reverse. I'm sorry. I got get out backwards. Uh, <laughs> nobody is operating Luke using anyway. So now y'all know my thoughts about Gilmore Girls. I'm gonna stay on the line to hear y'all because I don't want to wait until this episode comes out to learn how you guys feel. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <clears throat> okay, I can go next. Um I'm a very big Gilmore nerd, for better or worse. Definitely as I've gotten older, I've been like, this show's a little more disappointing than I thought it, it was as a child. <laughs> um, but I've I watched it over like every night to go to sleep for probably a decade of my life. Um, until in 2015, I went to the reunion that they did in Austin. And after like seeing them in real life and meeting some of them, the like magic of the show was a little bit less there. And I was like, mm. I don't have to watch it anymore. Like I know them now. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think especially like it came out in 2000 and at the time and still like there's not that many shows where it's just like women being like smart and funny mm. and just talking about stuff. And people are, like, a lot of people are, like, negative of it, of, like, Gilmore Girls is just, like, people talking. And, like, it's boring. Like, men get so many shows where they just get to, like, sit around and talk about dumb shit. Mm-hmm. Like, so it was just really cool. And, like, as a child, I think, seeing Rory, I was, like, oh, she's, like, cool and smart. Now I, Rory is whiny. Um, and I identify a lot more with Lorelai now. But, yeah, it just is, yeah. like, kind of a fuzzy blanket of comfort. Sure, yeah. Laura, do you want to go next before we let our esteemed guests what talk are, about their relationship? I don't care. Do y'all want to go? I don't have a preference. No, you, you, go, you go. You go. All right. Well, I love being on a podcast full of women. <laughs> no, it's your turn. <laughs> Please. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's about to get really weird. We're about to get into like a poetry situation. So 
Um, I have a long history with Gilmore Girls, <laughs> and I'll get into that in a moment, but I just wanted to share that back in like 2016, I was obsessed with making haikus about coffee because I considered myself to be Lorelei. Um, <laughs> so here are a few of them. <clears throat> Gilmore Girls is swell. They taught me to drink coffee. I am Lorelai. <laughs> clap, 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 clap. Love it. Wow. Snap, snap, snap. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm a tea drinker. You're dead to me. Sorry, friend. But no buts. Coffee. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this you is captured what... the essence of the show there. Thank you. Um, I'm now a tea drinker. Thanks, anxiety. But uh, at the time, that was not the case. Um, okay. Final one, coffee in my face. The mind becomes bold, happy. Yes, I'd like some more. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. So um, now that we are clear that I have the artistic prowess of Frida Kahlo, I would like to say that for me, Gilmore Girls was a treat for me when I could actually come home after school. Um, I was a pretty active teenager and worked for most of high school, so I didn't get to see it as regularly as I would have liked. But I loved every episode I was able to see, and I liked it for a lot of the same reasons that Zoe described. Seeing, like, smart and witty people navigating the world was pretty fucking sweet. Um, I also would say that Lane Kim was my inspiration for wanting to be in a badass rock band and not being nice. afraid or intimidated of being the only girl in a band. Lane is the best character of the show, but it's, we'll get to that. <laughs> it's pretty real. Um, but when I really revisited Gilmore Girls, it was when I lived in Portland, Oregon, and I started at the beginning and worked my way through the way any good Netflixer has ever done. Um, and I was going through some shit at the time, but Gilmore Girls provided a pretty incredible escape for me. And there's a lot of shit that we can critique about the show. Um, but I think in a lot of ways it filled the same void that Buffy did for me for like really different reasons. Um, yeah. I like having a bunch of badass smart women going through various things, um, and like coming up with solutions to whatever they're dealing with. Uh, it was a way straighter show than I would have liked, but you know, say <laughs> Yeah, All that's right, really cool. interesting because, yeah, the creator of Gilmore Girls talks about how she would, like, watch Buffy while she was writing the show. So there are some connections. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I've, like, seen her speak before. Like, it's fine. It's no <laughs> uh, Yeah, Caitlin cool. or Jamie, do you want to? I'll go next because Jamie's going to have a more exciting history probably <laughs> than me. Uh, <laughs> I know. So for me, I watched a little bit of it in college because my my sophomore college roommate was obsessed with the show so she would it was and it was like rerunning all the time on I don't know the CW or like whatever network that would have been mm-hmm. and um so it would be on all the time in our dorm room and I would like catch bits of it here and there and I'd always be like oh I think I like this show because there's so many movie references and I was like <laughs> ovaries deep into my like first film degree so I was like (laughs) I like how much they talk about movies so but but then I was also like they're talking and I know this is like a common and annoying criticism of the show but like how like their banter and how fast they talk also did kind of give me a headache so I was like "Ah, I can't I don't know um and then I started re I started from the very beginning um, and I've seen seasons one and a half 
Um, because, and I, I did this because I found out about Gilmore Girls trivia that was happening at a bar in... Caitlin um, loves a homework assignment. I love and homework so... and I love trivia. So, <laughs> and several of my close friends are like huge Gilmore Girls fans. So I was like, I want to, I think we should all go. So I was like, I'm going to watch all, I don't know how many seasons seven? are there, seven? <laughs> seven seasons. I that, that was the original plan, was to binge seven seasons for trivia night. And I had given myself like a month to do it. I was like, I can do this in a month, no problem. And then I got through like season one and that was it. Um, <laughs> but I was able to help with some of the questions yes. for season one. And there were then, a lot of specifics about season one at that trivia night. It was yeah. not a very well-created mm. trivia night. Not especially. <laughs> <everyone> on blast. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we, we ended up winning. I cosplayed as Luke. Because mm-hmm. uh, I did already happen to have every single item that Luke might wear in my closet. Yes. I didn't even have to try hard for it. I was like, I've got a flannel shirt, I've got some jeans, I've got some like boots, I've got a hat I can wear backwards. Like it all worked out. And, um, and then two of our friends uh, cosplayed as Chilton students. Yes. It was great. <laughs> yes. So and then so it was, the, it was the four of us and we and we won. Um but yeah that was kind of my foray into Gilmore Girls was prepping for a a trivia night for a show that I wasn't already a fan of. (laughs) (laughs) There was also like a team of like the, there were not a ton of people at that trivia night, but there was one team in particular who was taking it so seriously and you could tell they had also planned out, but unfortunately Mm. they just didn't know as much as they did. They were, they were visibly angry at us. They were (laughs) having beaten them. (laughs) We wanted a $20 gift certificate to split between four people. So, but they were like I appreciated their commitment to Gilmore Girls that they were like so sure that they were going to take home the prize yeah sorry baby yeah it's not how it went and then when we found out we were um doing this podcast I I went back and like started where I left off and got through the first half of season two and that is all I have seen at least like chronologically um that I yeah so that's that's my history um generally I I mostly enjoy the show I and it's weird because Lorelai is the age that I am now when the show started oh yeah yeah so I'm like this would be like if I had a teenage daughter and it just like blows my mind every episode (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's not super a show for me. Like I tend to um, like a different style of mm. of television, but um, I appreciate it for what it is. Yeah, Jamie. I feel I- like um, the only thing I just want to pop in and say real quick is like you can take to Twitter and do a like who wore it better, uh, Caitlyn's Luke or my Luke. Um. <laughs> I would. Why not both? No, yeah. why do we have to pit yeah, women against women? A, That's it has to be a competition. All well, women can win. Um, <laughs> you guys, we'll do a I hear you all. We're just... all like loving and supportive people, also, but like I just wanted to have a little fun with this moment. <laughs> I'm, I'm for it. I'm for. I think you guys should. Fight. I mean, I'm extremely competitive, so <laughs> I'm up for it. I think you guys should fight, and I'm ready to put money down. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Uh, I love Gilmore Girl. I like grew, grew up with it. 
started watching it. I don't think I was allowed to watch it until I was like 10-ish. I couldn't watch the first couple of seasons as it was airing. So then I had to like go back and procure DVDs. But my mom and I would watch it together starting when I was 10. And it was like our bonding thing. Oh. And I like, and we watched all the way through season seven uh, together. And I don't know. I mean, it's like there, the criticism, like there's a lot of, a lot to say for like erasure of non-white people and of queer people. And there's like, there's so many valid criticisms of, of the show, but like for the time it came out, just seeing women talk to each other uh, and having people struggle with class issues in real time was interesting to see. There's like so many different types of personalities and, and uh, seeing like women get along in spite of the fact that they uh, both have like valid views on shit was really cool um I don't know and I just and when I was growing up I think I forget who who said that their like relationship to Rory changed because Rory was like my hero Mm -hmm. Um, yeah and I remember like when I graduated from college I'm like I've outlived Rory's timeline I don't know (laughs) (laughs) it was always like so I just like loved her and uh, even because I, I have also made a series of terrible choices in very different men. Um, <laughs> I like I'm also like, yeah, yes. everyone has bad taste in men if they're, you know, unfortunate enough to be a heterosexual woman. Like, <laughs> yeah, even being like, bisexual is like, honestly, a chore. Yeah, just like having to be a person who fucks. It means you're going to fuck losers. Like, yes. it's. Like, <laughs> yes. Agreed. It but yeah. I. I loved that, like, even as, like, I think all the way up to when, I mean, there's the whole issue with the boat and Logan and the boat. And like, oh, yes. I yeah. hate when she drops out. I'm like, you fucking brat. But, uh, but, and then especially in the, I didn't like the reboot season. I, the reboot mm-hmm. season really took a lot of wind out of my sails for this series in general because it, yeah. they, this they rebooted it and it felt like it was still 2007 yes. and there was still no people of color yes and Rory was an absolute loser yes. and I was just like oh man this is just like a bummer I completely uh, agree but it like shaped my sense of like I loved that and I love series of unfortunate events because they made so many references to other stuff that when I was a kid I would like mm-hmm look up all this stuff and then did you ever have the dvd sets that they would have like the booklets that came inside of them i have i have two copies of all of the dvd sets (laughs) (laughs) i I got them season by season and then once there was the box set i was like mom i'm going off to college and i need a compact box set i can't take each box (laughs) (laughs) they're very large but i love how they're all different colors anyways there i loved i loved the booklet where they would break down what each reference meant and I like would use yes. them and try to memorize them and like I don't know I it, I was really into it still am <laughs> fuck yeah you know those are fun yeah I forgot to mention how I started watching the show which what Jamie said reminded me was my when it came out my mom was like this show's so good like I'm just like Lorelai right aren't I a cool mom like Lorelai and I was like uh the show I don't know uh, then, your mom is a cool mom <laughs> She is a cool mom, but I didn't think so when I was in elementary school. I was like, sure. mom, stop talking to me. Sure. That is, um, I guess that would be the appealing thing for moms is they automatically mm-hmm. get to be Lorelai, who's like yeah. hands down the coolest. Yes. That's, yeah. Then she gave me the first season on DVD and I think the second for Hanukkah. And I was like, why are you? This is your show. I don't care about the show. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then I like was really sick and stayed home from school for a week and just watched all of it. And since then have been obsessed with it. So she was right. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, as I mentioned, I am at a bridal shower at essentially Emily Gilmore's house right now. Um, right. Which, yes, which <laughs> uh, viewers of the show will understand on some level, but like not completely understand because you, you can't if you're not of this this sort of social class. As I'm sure you guys will discuss. Um <laughs> So I'm going to go and um, go drink another Bellini. Yeah, uh, Kellen, you have to leave so we can talk about how you're a class trader. Just am, like I, yeah. Truly, I am. And I, <laughs> I will say this. This is the fanciest place I've ever been in my entire life. And I can say that. I can also say I've considered stealing something from this house. You, I, I was doing it. You guys got and I, nobody who lives in this house or is at this party will ever listen to a podcast called Season of the Bitch. So I feel confident <laughs> that I would not get caught. I think, <laughs> do it. I think it's a Rob, like a Robin Hood situation. Yeah. It's your Very true. It's our responsibility to steal from rich people. That's, That's why right. I have yeah. from Target all the time. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. All right, y'all. It was so good talking to you. Again, shortest regret of my, or sorry, greatest regret of my short life that I cannot <laughs> finish this conversation. Um, but yeah, please uh, shit on Logan as much as, as possible. Um, in my yeah, absence. absolutely. All right, y'all. Bye. 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 Um, okay. Yes. So I wanted to talk about class. And I think that there's a lot to be said with class on this show. Um, Emily and Richard, Lorelai's parents, Rory's grandparents, for those who don't know, um, clearly have a shit ton of money. Lorelai runs away, is homeless for a time, then works as a maid in a bed and breakfast when the owner takes her in. She is fiercely independent and rejects her own roots pretty intensely. Then we have Rory, who's kind of like caught in between those two worlds. She's grown up with Lorelai, but she doesn't have the same aversion to wealth that Lorelai does and goes to a very white, wealthy school, Chilton, and then Yale due to, in part, that class privilege. Um, And I just wanted to get y'all's perspective on these class dynamics. Yeah, I think it's also interesting because... A lot of fandom reports not liking the show as much once Rory goes to Yale, which I think partially is like a lot of the fun of the show is just Rory and Lorelai talking and they no longer live in the same place. Mm. And also you don't see as much of like Stars Hollow, which is also kind of the heart of the show. But it's also when Rory starts to assimilate more and like when she was in Chilton, she was still more like kind of defiant of being like the other kids. But once she goes to Yale, she's just like full throttle like, yeah, I'm gonna steal a fucking yacht with my boyfriend. (laughs) Because his dad was mean to me. I Well, first of all, with Lorelai, I, I was, like, in retrospect, like, by the time I watched it in 2016, I was in the process of, like, going socialist, right? And so I was like, why didn't she just, like, take her parents' money and redistribute it? Like, <laughs> so selfish, too. But I... I, it, there totally is there is like way more class tension in the first three seasons mm-hmm. when Rory is still just like struggling to assimilate from what's still like it's so weird to watch back because you're like stars hollow like public high school is lovely it's mm-hmm. not like she was like missing out on anything there really right um, other than like the prestige tag and like the cute uniform has to be said and Chad Michael Murray but like <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It is weird. Like she, when she starts to like stray away from 
Lorelai and that whole, I hate the season where she and Lorelai don't talk mm. and like not the way I just like am mad at her yeah. when she the DAR, which is for sure a get out thing. Yes. Like it's just, Oh God, I don't know. Yeah. The first three seasons I can watch again and again and kind of the, I can watch the fourth season too. Cause I love when I love the virginity loss episode. Like that is my shit. But <laughs> after season four it slowly starts to lose me more and more and season seven i simply cannot that's the reboot one no that's the right no it's season seven was i think oh six oh seven and then yeah. the reboot was in 2016 oh okay. yeah but season seven was when the original creator had some differences with the network so she didn't um like produce season seven so right. it was under different Fairly. leadership so true fans sometimes discount season seven. I still watch it. Same with the reboot. I'll watch all the Gilmore Girls I can get, but it doesn't mean I think it's all as good. But I'm going to watch it. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like they could have also done so much more with class. I mean, I don't know. I, they do so much, especially the tensions where, like, I think that there's something to be said about, like, having – Lorelai be this like pretty staunchly opposed and rejecting of all of that but like kind of participating in it only for the sake of her daughter to have a relationship with her grandparents um and her not really caring about her own relationship with her parents it's until you know she does uh inevitably but I think that that's where like the stars hollow characters shine too because when we see like Luke and his dynamics and Jess and his dynamics like about how they feel about class kind of like on the outside of that as well. Um, And even just like Luke's sister and her husband and like the weird like uh, (laughs) like carnival. I don't know. It's not carnival. What is it? The the Renaissance thing. Yes. Fair people. I love those. I love, I like some people do not stand TJ at all, but I was like, TJ's a good man. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I also feel like those characters are so like real to life. Like those people fucking exist. Like I feel like I grew up in an area that like had those people around. And so I just feel like there's just like these weird characters. And then to have these like very stuffy, uptight, wealthy people, it was like, I loved those those more obvious dynamics. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the like cast of characters in stars hollow is like, it's all hitters. They're all so great. I love Taylor. I love miss Patty. I mean, I don't, I, I always, I didn't like grow up with that, us any sort of small town dynamic at all. So that was like always the best escapist part of like, everyone knows each other. And like, no one kicks the shit out of each other. What a what a what a strange thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. My favorite scenes are the ones that uh, Luke is in. Yeah, because he is the best character. Maybe I think that because I had a great cosplay costume for him. <laughs> but sure. yeah, I mean, just like. Going back to class, I haven't seen enough of the show to, like, probably speak at length about that. But, yeah, I think I have, like, not a lot of patience for the, like, senior Gilmores. Um, Like, Emily and Richard, they're so stuffy. They're so rich. Like, I 
if I met them in real life, I would like spit in their faces probably. <laughs> like, yeah. like I hate rich people. I think they should be neutered. Um, I don't actually think that someone's going to take that sound bite and like whatever. Anyway, no. our listeners people- wouldn't. I mean, if they did, they would have us to deal with. So it's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, so I just like, I don't have any interest in like Rory's relationship with her grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, I really only want to see um, Lorelai and Luke talk and flirt and like that sustained like will they won't they thing i don't i think they get to, do they get together sometime of course okay they do. i had i had a feeling they do but then also they don't i yeah. think they do oh. and then they break up and then at the end they get married oh it's fine. good she I'm wears glad. a fedora at her wedding which um, <laughs> that's not too good but yeah i guess like i hate that the main relationship and like the main storyline that i like the most is between like a hetero man and woman mm. but there's just like i don't know watching it mostly from the perspective of someone in her early thirties. Like I just don't have the pay, like I don't have the patience for the rich people. I don't find Rory endearing really in any way. Uh, I wish we saw more lane, but I also find her character kind of annoying and just like very one dimensional. Cause it's like, she's always just like, Rory, buy me more records. Here are the obscure bands that I like. Yeah, she Lane has a lot. I I I'll stand up for Lane. Lane has a lot of good storylines where she. Well, we haven't gotten. I haven't gotten to any of them yet. Yeah. Well, she did, and like the relationship with Lane and her mother, I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. I like. I mean, some of the more compelling class moments for me are the moments with uh, Lorelai and Emily. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see them like Lorelai is trying to I mean it's like such a champagne problem to be like how is my daughter going to relate to my very wealthy parents like it is an annoying problem but watching them like hash that out in real time I don't know I always thought it was like interesting and like escapist of like this would be such a cool problem to have of like there's too much money (laughs) like it's insane um, but there are a lot of good scenes, I think, that, like, mostly hold up between Lorelai and Emily about, like, Emily just being a stuffy-ass rich person who doesn't understand jack shit and then having her ass handed to her and then having to, like, process it and, and then navigate that space is, I don't know, it was cool. I know that my mom, like, really loved those scenes, too. Mm. I also love the actor that plays Emily, um... I think yeah. that she like pulls it off so fucking well. She it looks like she was born in a pantsuit. Like she's yes. so <laughs> Kelly Bishop, my girl. I I'm all for like I like the version of that character that's Lucille Bluth, basically. Mm. Like yeah. I'd rather watch uh that her in the rest of development. But you know. Totally. Um, so I know this is probably breaking the rules of like the entire point of this fucking show, but I want to <laughs> just say that there are, for those people that don't know, there are three boys that Rory's obsessed with at various points in the show. Um, Dean, Jess, and Logan. Logan. I was like, I can't even fucking remember his name. I fucking hate him. Um, <laughs> But I feel like the boy drama is the weakest part of this show in general, particularly when it comes to Rory. Like, I do think that, um, Caitlin, with what you were saying, the stuff with Lorelai is a lot more sophisticated and a lot more relatable. But the stuff with Rory just feels like 
you're wading through bullshit. It's like slightly better with Jess. Like there's a little more nuance there, but it still is just like so dramatic and lame. It's um, super corny, yeah. yeah. I don't know, but when I was watching it when I was a kid, I was like, oh my, like I've got endless hours of discussion that should have been towards studying and <laughs> ourselves went to like debating between Dean and Jess. Like that season three arc, I still to this day, like in my childhood bedroom, have like magazine clippings about it that I like cut out and hung up on. Like that whole um, 24 hour dance episode. Yes. 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 I love I'm that getting, episode. Yeah. There's I'm getting a lot- near that one on my rewatch, and I love that episode. It's so good. There's a lot of weak boy moments for Rory, but the 24 hour dance episode cannot be denied. Correct. I agree with you for sure. It is so, oh, and then Lindsay, I think Lindsay need, we needed to know more about Lindsay. Lindsay was cast off as some floozy, but there was a story there. Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always liked like the, the most the fun Rory storylines were always the Rory Paris ones. Yes. I thought. yes. Like watching Rory and Paris have this fucking like battle that was usually in Paris's head was always like <laughs> her best storylines. Yes, I fucking love Paris. I love Paris, and she later becomes a Marxist. Um, <laughs> oh, like <wow>. an icon. <laughs> her old boyfriend, or oh god, yeah, her like who like dates the professor, and then the professor dies, and then there's that great joke about like what was it? it was like that great man was not brought down by my vagina rory like it was- oh yeah because rory was like did he die while you were hmm <laughs> while you were funny <laughs> that's so funny i love it i that said uh if i had to pick i would go team jess but not team jess when he's 17 team jess when he's running the, oh, the press yes. team right. jess when he wrote that a book so- and he shaves <laughs> yeah like that's hot Ugh. Yeah, that Jess in the reboot is the only positive thing to come out of the reboot. Like Jess is well, Jess has always been so hot, but he's aged very well. Yes, like a fine wine. Yeah, I mean, same with Luke. He's Mr. they're they're a hot nephew, uh, uncle combo. And those storylines with them were great too. I yes. loved I, I I loved when Jess was living with Luke mm-hmm. when he's and- pushed in the lake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That I think is like one of the best scenes of the entire show. It's so good. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, and that was like one of the few storylines in the the show that I feel like explored like masculinity a little bit mm-hmm. and like its shortcomings because like Luke could not get over his own like weird masculine issues, and then Jess had like his teen boy masculine issues, and they kept. And, like, so that it didn't end up working out so well. And then when they, like, talk about it in later seasons, you're just like, okay, cool. They're learning that just, like, fucking grunting at each other for years <laughs> does not a relationship make. <laughs> right. Can't be so fucking aggro. Yeah. Which I think he, like, sort of course corrects in his relationship with April. But I hate April, so I don't care. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that, that plot line... I- the later seasons, there's the thing with April. There's also, like, the whole time that Rory and Lorelai are fighting. I hate watching that. I, hey, I don't want to watch Gilmore Girls when Rory and Lorelai aren't talking. That's the point of the show. Right. Yeah. That was <laughs> I hate that part. That was violent. Hmm. I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have gotten to, like, 
when Jess gets introduced like right at the beginning of season two, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So I'm I've seen quite a few episodes of him pre like him and Rory getting together, but like it's very clear that he's being poised as like a potential romantic interest for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, where he's at right now, where I'm at in the show, I hate him so much. He's so obnoxious, and I'm like. I hope he like does a complete 180 with his personality because well he's a teen boy too. Yeah, it's but like, like <laughs> it's I don't know. I I like I totally like was always able to relate with like Rory being like my, you know, like cuz Dean is such a drag. Like yeah. he's a drag. If you date Dean for too long, you never get to leave Stars Hollow. Right. There like those are there those men exist. Yeah. Um, so I like get. I don't know. Just in the car. I love Jess so much. I just like want to get. And his mom is a fucking Ren Fair lady. It's like <laughs> he leaves. He leads a complicated life. If you're, if my, if my mom was a Ren Fair lady who kept forgetting I existed, I also would crash a car if I had one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I think. Mentioned this a little bit with Lane, but want to go more into the portrayal or lack of portrayal of people of color in the show. Like, I mean, the main characters we have are Lane, Mrs. Kim, her, her mom, and then uh, Michelle at the inn. And I mean, I think Lane's one of the best characters, but also her to Mrs. Her and Mrs. Kim's relationship is very like caricature of like here's an immigrant parent and like she's a helicopter mom. And yeah. Look how different she is from Lorelai, the cool mom. Mm. Um, but I do think like a lot of interesting stuff does happen there. Lane does get more storylines, though. The one thing that is very upsetting about her storyline is that she has she finally gets to have sex after getting married much later into this show. Yeah. And then she hates it and is pregnant. That's that. Okay. Oh, that the show has a very is... weird relationship with like sex and yeah. pregnancy. Everyone just gets pregnant once they have sex. Yes, it is weirdly puritanical. Yeah. The, and then she gets pregnant with twins. Like it's like she doesn't get just a little pregnant. Yeah, <laughs> she gets so... extremely pre- ex- extra pregnant. Yes. It's weird. Yeah, like I think that a lot of the lane, like it, hopefully if lanes, especially if her early storylines were written today, like they wouldn't be so like, like you were saying, they're so like, um, like first generation American cookie cutter stories of like her mom's a helicopter mom who wants her to be a doctor, but she wants to play the drums. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I wish that there was more nuance uh, presented, but, but there were some episodes that like I, you get to see you at very least like they give Lane's mom a lot of moments to like show her humanity and like them actually grappling with that. And I, there, there are scenes that worked for me there, but then there's also scenes that don't work for me where like Lorelai teaches Lane's mom how to be cool. That that just like congratulating Lorelai on being like a privileged American white lady Mm -hmm. and being like, Hey, Lane's mom, why don't you just chill out? Like, and those play as like really kind of tone deaf and, and corny. Um, and then the sex thing, what the fuck is that? Yeah. yeah. That's so mad. <laughs> yeah, and then she's just like, well, I'm never going to have sex again. Which, like, I can relate with, but. <laughs> 
We've been with Lane for seven years. Like she, please let her fuck. So she gets married and then has sex and then gets pregnant that one time, but then hates and she hates. Yes, yeah, so sex. she ends up realizing when she has a serious boyfriend that like it's just too ingrained in her from her Christian upbringing to have sex with them until they get married. Mm-hmm. So they get married. They go on their honeymoon. On their honeymoon, they have sex one time on the beach. It's horrible sex, and then she's pregnant with twins. And then that's pretty much the end of the show. Yeah, sex on the <laughs> yeah. beach is horrible no matter what, especially if it's your first time. Yeah. Like, and I think, uh, doesn't he get crabs or something? Or, like, he gets sick? Something happened. Like, we're, something happens to the dude, too. Like, he gets sick or something from it. I also didn't like that she married Zach, but I yeah, guess that's I agree. my real personal preference. I was so attached to Dave. Yeah, uh, yeah but he had to go be on other shows. Yeah, he had to go be on DC, <laughs> which I can respect, but Dave was dreamy, and Dave went so out of the way to, like, be with Lane and, like, understand where her mom was coming from, and I was like, that's that's how you do it, Dave. You did it. You did the bare minimum. You did the bare yeah. minimum, which is what yeah. cis straight dudes do. <laughs> and then once he left, they're like, hmm, well, you can date another white boy in your band. Exactly. Like, they're like, well... <laughs> They're like, well, the other white boy has asthma, so you can't date him. So how about the boring blonde one that no one's cared about? I like Gil, though. Yeah, yes, I agree. Gil, Gil is an icon. Hell yeah. In my opinion. <laughs> I agree. Um, yeah. I was thinking that if it's all right with y'all, because especially because of just all of your expertise on things and because – you know, Caitlin is, I don't want to like have us talk about all of Gilmore Girls all the time. I was thinking that we could talk about some stuff on representation in general for the tail end of this. Sure. sure. Cool. Um, so prepping for this episode made me think a lot about representation in general. And like, of course, listening to your podcast, like makes me think about that a lot too. And I recently started getting into comics and I read this comic called Heavy Vinyl. And even though it's not as acclaimed or good, quote unquote, good of a comic as others um, within the woman heavy subgenre of comics, it was definitely my favorite comic I've ever read, like by far. And I think that the reason why it was my favorite is because it feels like a comic that was made like specifically for me. It's a bunch of badass women fighting the patriarchy, listening to Riot Girl music, and being queer as fuck. And like it represents multiple racial and ethnic identities in really great ways. And like I just kind of wanted to get a more general feel for your opinions on why representation matters so much in our content. Oh, gosh. I mean, where to begin? The fact that historically throughout most media and art it has been you know made by a pretty specific demographic of people which is white white dudes every every like yeah just the intersection of all the privileges basically yeah and who um, says they're not intersectional (laughs) Yeah, so um, that has, I mean, people, I, representation is so important in media, and I think that people, like, tend to dismiss, like, oh, it's just a movie, it's just a video game, it's just a TV show, um, that's not real life, you know, it's, we know that it's fake, but 
especially for young people. Yeah. When they they consume media and when they do and they don't see themselves represented. Or the way they see themselves represented is like such a so specific and like, you know, this whoever this whoever identifies like this can only be seen by the world like this. Right. Um, and getting into all that tropey bullshit that we come up against. Yeah. And it just really helps feeds into people's biases whenever they're only seeing people represented in a certain way, especially if that way is like feeding into stereotypes and, and stuff like that. Or if there's just erasure, if there's no representation at all, you know, people tend to, as they're consuming imagery and media and stuff like that, they're like, oh, well, I'm not seeing them. So I don't need to bother with, you know, that type of person or they're not important. It just like affects, I mean, no matter who you are, even if you're like at the intersection of like money and white dude, the way you see yourself portrayed in media shapes who you are, especially when you're young. And if you are a cis white dude and you're always seeing yourself and you're always seeing that you're really fucking cool and smart and deserve everything, then <laughs> will shape how you your worldview mm -hmm. regardless totally. of the truth of it and then if you uh, don't see yourself because of like how how the media landscape is shaped then that does affect how you view yourself and you know it's there there isn't really a hero for you to look up to i think there's something that we come up against uh especially when we do like uh movies that are a little bit older is um that makes it so clear that representation needs to be there is there are all these, we just did an episode on The Little Mermaid, and there's all these readings of this movie that are, there is a queer reading of the movie, there's mm -hmm. a trans reading of the movie, there's so many different ways to view a kind of cookie cutter story. I could. We didn't talk about this, but I also could easily see it as like an immigrant reading of the story. Yeah. Like there's I mean, all, yeah. And we'll, we'll hear so many different readings of kind of a cookie cutter story that wasn't intended that way because marginalized groups have to find themselves in narratives because their own is just not presented the way that uh, like cishet people's narratives are and, and white people's narratives are. So marginalized communities have to, you know, find themselves within these existing narratives and when they fully deserve to have their own and not have to, you know, dig into <sighs> something and, and make a meal of something that, you know, it's just not fair. Yeah, totally. That's, yeah, so that's the end. <laughs> no, I mean, like, that's fucking awesome. I feel, I mean, I, I can't, I guess I'm silent because I'm like, yes, correct all of the things. <laughs> Um, and then I thought it could be fun for us to just talk about like what show or movie has spoken to you most. And of course it's like a fucked up question because it's like, <laughs> it's like, uh, there are a million things, but just kind of like, I was, I was thinking, I guess like what movie or TV show or like couple of movies or TV show do you reach for the most when you're just like stoked about it? Um, either in your own representation or like in around these themes that we've been talking about. Oh my gosh. Well, for me recently, a recent one has been Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I, I love, love it. Oh, it's so good. It's so, um, it's, oh my God. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> it's also really good on acid in case you're wondering. Oh, oh, <laughs> I, I bet with that animation. 
I can't yeah, do any psychedelics because I think I will actually just like it'll kill me. But um, <laughs> I, yeah, I love that movie so much. Um, and then Moana is one that I often cite as like anytime I just oh, like yeah. want to feel that's empowered like, and that's a good psych up. Like before a big meeting, I'm like, do I have time to watch Moana? <laughs> Um, and then of course Paddington and Paddington too, you know, rep- bear representation is very important. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think, um, I, I tend to be drawn to stories featuring obviously women and, um, queer people and people of color. And even though I identify as a, you know, straight cis and I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a white lady, like, I I just suppose I have empathy, so I am drawn to stories. <laughs> I know. I'm, not, I'm, brave. <laughs> I'm so brave. So I'm just, I'm, I tend to be drawn to stories um, that, like, champion people from marginalized communities because, I mean, even as women, um, you know, our lives are hard. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just, I like to watch movies like that so long live into the spider-verse um forever my king (laughs) (laughs) Uh, a movie that i have been going to for the past year for like comfort food has been i tanya that's a really I, good one too i saw i tanya nine times in theaters oh, nine times nine times <laughs> uh i don't know what it is i mean i do know what it is about that storyline that is so like that is like my like the class the class war <laughs> that like speaks to me the most and i just love the movie I, that's like yeah it's a guilty it's not even a guilty pleasure it's a good movie um that like deals with a lot of lot of shit and then at the end she loses and comes out on the bottom which i love (laughs) my one thing with i tanya it is a really good movie but like the whole point is they're like she's so trashy she's white trash but and like they're making fun of her clothes but her clothes look fine the whole time she's like wearing jeans and they're like she's garbage like that's what normal people wear the fits are good, like, they're, and, and it is, like, Tanya Harding herself, like, I've, like, ugh, it's it's not great, but th- that story and the way the story, that story is presented of, like, just people not understanding um, the ways that people can be, like, marginalized in a time where people were just treated like shit, like, mm-hmm. absolute shit for being remotely different or presenting remotely different um, yeah, I mean, I, I just love it. And the fact that, you know, she's like a character who, um, would absolutely fight anyone who gave her shit for it. Um, yeah, I just love that movie. Hell yeah. Zoe, do you want to share? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, obviously I've shared that my main comfort show is Gilmore Girls, but recently what I've been watching for comfort is Vanderpump Rules. Um, which (laughs) it's reality TV, but the basis, (laughs) which is why it's been speaking to me, is like, they're all servers. So they work in this like fancy LA restaurant called Sir. Um, and it's just like all this drama between this like friend group of servers, but their work life is so dramatic. And I also work in service. So I'm like, wow, at least my job is not like that. (laughs) At (laughs) least there's no like 
you know, fights in the middle. But also, I think there's a lot of interesting things in the show. There are a lot of class things because they're working in a fancy place, but they're still like servers. They talk about how much they hate the rich people they have to serve, which is fun. Um, all of the women in the show have really shitty boyfriends that they just complain about and are like, you know, they they start to like stick up for themselves more against their shitty boyfriends. There's a lot going on. Um, it's also just endless drama and cheating on each other, which I just really like the <laughs> just living for other people's drama. Yeah, shows like that are like candy. They're so they're so Yeah, and at the end of each episode, it's like here's what's gonna happen next. And it's always like something that's crazy, and I'm like, Well, I have to see the next episode. <laughs> fuck yeah yeah laura what about you oh um i i guess over the past couple i don't know when it came out i think it was less than a year ago i got really into the movie heartbeats loud um it's like this movie about this girl uh and her dad who's played by nick offerman but it's a a mixed race daughter and uh, they like play music together, which I like anything that has music in it. Um, and like she has a girlfriend and it's just the whole way that it's portrayed feels really good. And I also love like coming of age stories. So yeah, I don't know. I, I I was kind of thinking about this as y'all were saying that and I'm like, that's the only one I can really think of that. I think I was like, this movie rules. (laughs) Plus the music is so good. Like they do such a good job. Whoever was the composer on it and like the actor who plays the daughter has an incredible voice. It's fucking awesome. So yeah, highly recommend it. (laughs) And it's also fun seeing Nick Offerman not be Ron Swanson, even though I do love him as Ron Swanson. Like it's really nice to see him in this like really caring paternal, uh, zone too yeah that would be a big departure from (laughs) (laughs) yeah I yeah and he's like super into indie music and like is obsessed with all this stuff and he's like recommending Riot Girl (laughs) records to people like it's it's a cool movie um and I think like pretty unique for both Nick Offerman which is really nice but also I haven't seen any other movie really like that before so Nice. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, we're at an hour, which I feel like this kind of flew by. <laughs> we yeah. talked a lot about Gilmore Girls, but I feel like we also could have talked for a lot longer on representation and everything like that. But um, I know y'all have a lot going on and so do we. And we just really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. We love your show. Everyone should go listen to Bechtel cast, of course, and see them live when you can, because that just sounds incredible. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think we're like the two best feminist podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, For sure. I mean, (laughs) cool. (laughs) Just, just putting it out there. All other women and feminists are canceled actually. (laughs) Yeah, sorry to say it, like, you know, solidarity, but also not. It's fine. Yeah, canceled. <laughs> Again, everything's a competition. Yeah, so. perfect. <laughs> well, thank, thank you so much for having us. Yeah. yeah, we really, really appreciate it, and we'll uh, hopefully be able to do something like this again sometime. Yes, yeah. for sure. Thanks again. Cool. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. You too. Bye. Okie dokie, that was fucking awesome. Um, (laughs) Like, I am so fucking stoked. If you don't listen to the Bechtel cast, you really have to. It's one of the more incredible podcasts out there. And 
Yeah. I don't say yeah, that also, lightly. I wasn't just flattering them. Like, it's really my favorite podcast, but that's not our podcast. I saw them live um, in uh, November, and I'm seeing them live in New York in April. So if anyone else is going to go to that live show, I'm going to be there. Speaking of live shows, we have one coming up. Fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> so we have one in Philly, April 27th. Um, it's at 730 you can buy tickets online at our website, seasonofthebee.com. And they're already halfway sold out. It's going to be a really intimate show. We're going to have like a kind of happy hour situation so where we can kind of all get to know each other and then do a live show. We have Cinzia Ruza joining us from um, Feminism for the 99%, which is fucking rad. Um We'll also be speaking at the uh, Philly Socialist Feminist Convergence that same day. So if you're going to be at the Convergence, come say hi to us. We'll be tabling there all weekend. Um, Yeah. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Season of the Bee. If you aren't a Patreon subscriber, you should go and do that. We have a couple sweet Patreon-exclusive stuff coming up. We have a D&D episode crossover with Ogres and Organizing, which is a leftist D&D podcast. And we also have a 420 episode exclusive coming for Patreon only, where you will see uh, a few of us getting... stoned off of our asses and talking about different things so it should be really fun and you should do it it's not too late um yeah that's all i got yeah i'm still just like riding this buzz of that we just got to talk to them that was so cool fuck yeah that's all (laughs) all right okay love you love you bye Bitch.